You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Here we go again. <laughs> Nathan, how are you today? Oh, good. 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 It, it's been a good, good couple of weeks. Nathan, what you have a story for me today. What are yes. we going to talk about? We are going to be covering a famous psychologist named Mamie Phipps Clark. Okay. I don't I don't think I'm familiar with her at all. So I'm, I, exci- I'm excited for this. I had no idea who she was. So right. I just started researching people that I've never heard of that are psychologists. And I landed on this one because I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like right. she came up with this whole type of experiment with kids. That's very awesome. That actually helped inspire the civil rights movement with overturning uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. So Okay. Full win That's there. awesome. Yeah. Yes. So well, she I, helped. I can't wait to hear the story. I know. So excited. So Mamie was born on April 18th of 1917. So she's an Aries if you're keeping track. So yes. we've got a little got a little fire here. So her dad, Harold, was a really well-known and respected physician in the British West Indies. Uh which is really funny. I always think of the British West Indies. I'm like, ooh, it's in the West Indies. It's like, no, that's the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had this exact same conversation with my husband yesterday. Yeah. You're like, wait, but wait. Wait, oh, Christopher Columbus landed there and was like, uh, oh, I'm in the Indies. It's like, yes. no, you're not. You're not, bro. Yes. This is the but, Caribbean. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I can't believe we were both not that good at our geography. Yeah, right. So dad also ended up managing a resort. So he's physician slash manager of a resort. So every day he's hustling. Okay, okay. (laughs) Her mom, Flo, I mean, her name's Florence, but I just want to call her Flo. Flo, yeah. Yeah. So Flo was a quote unquote homemaker, which yes, great job. But she also helped her husband do his physicianing. Okay. If that's a word. Is that physician a word? practice? His practice. Yes. It's physicianing. <laughs> physicianing. We're going with it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine that she has a pretty well-to-do family. Like he's right. not doing too badly. So he provides for her very well. But at this point in time, 
Um, her education in America, growing up in America in the South, because she's born in Arkansas, uh, was not great. Uh, yeah, because segregation is bad. So yeah, we talked we talked about this in our Daisy Bates episode a little bit on Patreon, mm-hmm. like the same sort of situation that schools are segregated as fuck. Uh, children, the conditions for them are completely different than the white children they have to get bust miles and miles and miles away so it's not uncommon for a black child at this time to drop out of school because it's just so much work to even get there to show up right Um, but mamie's family is pushing her they understand that education is key so they're very insistent that she gets her education I mean, yeah, if her dad's a physician, I could see why it's mm-hmm. like, look, look, I got a physician. I'm physicianing and running a resort. So you need to get an education so you can work two jobs, too. You just used the word physicianing. And I'm, yes, I'm glad yes. you used it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a pretty happy childhood, right? Like yeah. she's got a dad that's pushing her to get an education that has a little bit of money that has time to go vacationing a little bit. You know, Love so it. he, they, she would remember things like that. But she also said that her, it wasn't like the picture perfect, like she's wealthy, but she right. didn't have like this horrible poverty, like the struggles that a lot of people in it, her situation at the time exactly. did. Yeah. That's exactly because systematic racism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, we don't no, want no, systematic but, racism. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what this is. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, systematic racism in the United States. Yes. Um, so Mamie graduated. So we can imagine that's a big deal for somebody to graduate. Absolutely. In her, yeah. And she graduated in Langston High School, which was, again, uncommon. But she got a couple of offers for some pretty prestigious black universities. Okay. So she got a couple scholarship offers too. And so she ended up choosing Howard university, just like Daisy Bates, like right. the same thing. Um, so get it girl, like, get that <laughs> education. I'm here for it. Like black women getting educated like in the fifties. That's a we, big deal. I feel like we talked about somebody else that went to Howard. It doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, it matters, uh, uh, but yeah. um, uh, it's going to bother we, me now. But, yeah. It's going to yeah. bother you. Uh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> So she went to college during the Great Depression. Oh, God. And that's not a look it up. It's real depressing. (laughs) Look it up. Not a good time to have a lot of bills. (laughs) Right. But her dad is still able to send her $50 a month. So at that point in time, that's $600 in today's term. Damn. Okay. He's helping her. He's supportive. Yeah. He's wanting to, like, he's not that dad that doesn't want his daughter to get an education. He's helping her. And you know, also, so. it sounds like with, um, you know, them being a family of color in the South dealing with segregation, and on top of it, like, with being the Great Depression, it sounds like they were doing a lot better than a lot of people. Yeah. If he could spare, if he could spare $600 a month. Yeah. He was doing pretty good for himself as well. Well, he's hustling. He's positioning and running a resort. And managing a resort. Like he's he's bringing home the bacon. Like he is hustling. Yeah. Love it. Uh, And she ends up earning her uh, major in math and physics. So Katie cannot relate. Nope. Good for her though. (laughs) Good for her. Uh, This... 
this was very uncommon for women even at the time too, because women yeah. would usually do nursing or teaching, yeah. something along those lines. It was never something so in-depth as like math and physics. And so it's a little ahead of her time as well here, if, even in women's history. Mm-hmm. Um, our girl is doing math. <laughs> like, hello. That's awesome. No, that's fantastic. So she's at Howard University. She just got her major. And mm-hmm. that's actually where she met her future husband, Kenneth mm-hmm. Bancroft Clark. Mm. So this is where history is a bag of dicks. Because oh. if you look at Kenneth Clark, there's more content on him. There's more, of course, you know, there's, of course. he's the one that did everything. And it's like, wait a second. Hold right. up. Sexism. Yay. <laughs> uh, so her so husband. So what you're telling me is that sometimes you, the only way to find anything about women in history is by searching their husbands and fathers. What a <laughs> what a brand new concept for our little podcast. <laughs> so he ended up this is where he did you know help out because he pushed her and said hey you've always told me you know that when you were growing up you just loved kids but you just loved how they think and what makes them who they are and how they, you know, in their head, they're formed. He was like, you should do what I'm doing. You should do psychology as well. And she was like, cool. And she was like, yeah. I'm going to gear it more towards children. So that she, that something that she was very passionate about. So was child that- psychology, a like the kind of field it is now, or was this kind no, of revolutionary? Kinda- like You want to, they're just kids. What you doing? Like, was that kind of the attitude? She started all of that Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's that's what she started. So this is a perfect fit for her. She she's always wanted to do this. She's loved kids. She wants to make them better. So she's like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'm changing everything from math and physics <laughs> to <laughs> experimental child psychology. So that's essentially what she did. But her and Kenneth ended up eloping in 1937 during her senior year. Um, she graduated uh, magnum cum laude and then ended up enrolling in the psychology graduate program at that point. Um, she, I'm sorry, was, what, did you, if I may have missed it. Where'd you say that she went to grad school? Was it also at Howard? Yes. Okay. She's okay. all at Howard. Yeah. This is all at Howard. Okay. <clears throat> So she's making her dreams come true. And I love this journey for her. I do because too. She's becoming confident. She's like, I love what, what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And she's always been interested in how there's segregation between, you know, a young child that feels a certain way because they're black versus one that's white in mm. this society at this time. So okay. she's, she's so very how- interested. How the racism is affecting their formative years, basically. Yes. So she's very interested in how all of this is impacting them because systematic racism. (laughs) It's literally this. I'm sorry. If you're listening to Queen's podcast and you don't believe that there's been systematic racism in America, then you should stop listening. Yeah. This (laughs) This is just history. The podcast for you. (laughs) I'm just talking about history in the 50s, like for real. Um, So she's super interested in this racism race consciousness is what they called it. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's interested in when black kids become aware uh, that they belong to a particular race. So at what point in their formative years do they realize, 
oh, I am a black child in America in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. When do yeah. they become aware of that? So she pours her heart into this, and that's when she comes up with the doll experiment. Okay. So if you think of child psychology and a doll, like that is something that psychology has used for Ever. 70 years after. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're still using that same technique. So right. they were the pioneers of this. Um, so it was officially called the Clark and Clark study. So okay. at least she got like some cred in this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, but, but, who's it, fir- but whose name was first? Was it Clark or was it Clark? Hers. Hers. <laughs> hers was first. Damn okay, it. okay. Damn it. Hers first. Um, so it literally, the doll experiment is what you think it is. Okay. So whenever uh, you talk to a kid you and you have to break down that barrier and really help them understand something, you have to give them something to relate to. So if you think about it in modern day terms, this is what we like child molestation. Where did the person show touch me you? on the doll and they show and, yeah. me on the doll. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this came from. Right. So she basically brought in the, introduced the doll as a way for the child to be able to explain how they're feeling and what's happening. Because if you talk to a child and you say, do you think there's systematic racism and you're growing up weird? They're going to be like, huh, doll? Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not going to understand what, like, yeah. questions to them. So you they're- have to put it down to, they just don't have the skills. They don't have the verbal skills. They don't have the cognitive skills. So you're putting it down into a much more basic way of communication for them. Yes. And I like have a picture in the show notes and it's literally like a little black boy pointing to dolls and the dolls are colored either white or black. Okay. So that's where we're going with this. Yes. <laughs> it was very like, this is the point where I was like, Ooh, this is, this is not. Which one? <laughs> so they're basically seeing how young they are typically when they know if they are this color or that color of the dolls. Okay. So the questions, the questions were, show me the doll that you like the best or that you'd like to play with. Mm-hmm. Show me the doll that is the nice doll. Show me the doll that looks bad. Give me the doll that looks like a white child. Give me the doll that looks like a, sorry guys, colored child. Give me the doll that looks like you. Got it. So very interesting there because a lot of the times the children would associate everything with white. Even a lot of the stuff, but the bad, of course, the bad and the colored was black. Right. Everything else was white. So if you were the, the, the biggest questions here that I want us to kind of remember is give me the doll that looks like you and give me the doll that you want to play with. And they chose white. The, the black children chose yes. that they looked like the white doll too. Yes. At like age three mm. and four, they yeah. felt like they looked like the white doll. Okay. Once they became around four to five years old, they started to associate racism and they mm-hmm. started to go, Oh, I am black. This is bad. And so later on in the studies, they found out that the children started answering, what do you look like? Black. What is bad? Black. What Mm. doll do you want to play with? White. So it was still like this four or five-year-old child is thinking this way. So obviously 
that's heart wrenching. <laughs> like that it's is hard to talk about. Yeah, it's it's heart wrenching, and that's a study that ended up landing its way into uh, Thurgood Marshall's office. <laughs> maybe okay. you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> maybe just the Supreme Court Justice, black, amazing, fabulous. Maybe I've heard of him. Yes. So. <laughs> At this point, it lands on his desk. He calls her in and she's doing graduate work at this point, right? right. So she's she's in graduate school at Howard University in the law office of Thurgood Marshall. So you're you're in good hands. Not a bad place uh, to be, yeah. <laughs> or not, yeah. I mean, a, a bad, technically, not a bad place it to be. Was, Ugh, I can't technically, it was Charles Houston's office, but she worked with Thurgood Marshall. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so she was quoted at this point saying that, I can't even remember the names of them all, but they converged in his office to prepare cases. And that was the most marvelous learning experience I ever had. And the whole sense yeah. of really blasphemy to blacks was brought very clear to me in that office. So basically she's just saying like, I learned so much shit and it's all about how black people have been fucking spit on for fucking years. And it's so, it was just like that light bulb moment for her. Yeah, no, it's such a simple experiment that it's almost surprising that no one had thought to like well just no one was studying the way the black children were being raised but as soon as somebody was like hey maybe this will be beneficial it's such a simple experiment that's so eye-opening right like yeah she's it's it's an innocent child so you can't say that oh they've been swayed this way or that way you know what i mean they've been watching too much media yeah (laughs) Three. Like, Three, yeah. Yeah, they're little kids. Like, so that's that's the foundation right. of the Brown versus the Board of Education research that she did. Interesting. After all of this research that she does, she obviously gets her doctorate. Yeah. Because <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah, yeah, um, at this point. Yep, yep. And, oh, oh, correction. She does get her, she did her graduate work at, or her doctorate from Columbia. So she didn't all go to Howard University. Okay, just her undergrad, her master's, but then doctorate at Columbia. Yes, yes. So Hubby uh, was also, so her and Hubby were the first black people, Mm -hmm. man and woman, (laughs) to get their degrees, uh, their PhDs. In psychology. So props wow. to them. Applause, applause, applause. Uh, what, so. a, what a fun, what fun couple goals. You know, right? Like, like we're, we're both psychologists. Ooh, I don't know though. If you're both psychologists, oh, that, yeah. that may, that may be a night. That's maybe a recipe for nightmare. Just they're, dissecting they're really, each other like constantly. But, like No spoilers here. They were very happy together. So okay. it, it wasn't that way for them. Okay. <laughs> but unfortunately she ends up hitting a, really bad brick wall like i'm talking big racist whitewashed brick wall because she's this strong black woman with a degree and nobody wants to hire her because they're all wealthy white men yeah (laughs) so she's got all the street cred but nobody wants to do anything oh what about her husband did he get did he have problems (laughs) problems. too he had problems. He had problems too. They couldn't find jobs. He found a job, but and he provided, but she couldn't find a job, but ended up, do not fret. Uh, she found <laughs> a job. Uh, she landed a job at the Riverdale Home for Children. So mm-hmm. this is an institution for homeless black girls. And this made a huge impact on her. So this is something sad, that yeah. made her, you know, this is part of her legacy as well. She's just really saddened by all the number of minority children that are being like 
tossed out of their home. So that's the other thing is they're homeless because they've been thrown out of their house because their parents can't afford them and just literally throw them out of the house. So something had to give at this point for her. So she starts ramping up her psychological testing. She's trying to crack this racist code. Like this, she ends up opening. I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry. Do you know Mm -hmm. where, what the ratio, how many white daughters were just being tossed out as compared to black daughters. But oh, we don't know. Uh, I don't know that for sure. And I will, but, I, but I could think it was a higher rate. It. Yeah. I could bank on it. That is that a very a high rate, high rate. Okay. A different ratio. So I, yeah. I guarantee you it's like a 70 to 30, not even yeah. that. Like, oh but it was, she, but so she's like, why is this happening to our daughters so many. more than the daughters of other races? Yeah. Right. It just okay. does it. Uh, Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. So she ends up opening up her own center. So it's called the Northside Child Development Center. So this was founded in the basement of the apartments that her family lived in. Love this. They're I so supportive. Yeah. Yes. They're so supportive. And her dad still lent her money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this ended up providing tons of therapy for children in Harlem. It gave a lot of housing assistance. And at first it started off focusing on psychoanalysis. So if uh, you don't know what that is, that's like you're treating a mental disorder by thinking about what your unconscious could be thinking and yeah. what, like think dream interpretations, think, right. you know, that sort of thing. Right. And so she's like, uh-uh, we need to do more than that. That I'm not just going to do psychoanalysis. So she ends up doing psychological consultations where she like gets to know the person, like whoever she's consulting and then talks to the parents or, you know, whatever right. goes on there. And she gives vocational guidance. So giving oh, them jobs, that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> training their or training. Let me rephrase that. Giving their parents uh, education on how to raise a, a kid 
to be smart and have an education and go to school. Be and empowered. Do those and, yeah. yeah. Like, and you, you need to go to school. You need to get educated. You need to, you know, like train them to help and even help them. Like, uh, she did, she was such an impact on that she, society. This especially all in New York. sounds exhausting. Uh, she sounds like she was really busy, but with like, a a really great cause, but oh, it must be exhausting to be a trailblazer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so Mamie also came up with another type of psychological testing where she would give a kid um, a picture, you know, how you color in pictures. Yeah. And it would be the outline of a boy or a girl. And then she would say, color the child the same color as yourself. And most of them color themselves as white or yellow. It's so interesting that when hmm. they're so young, they just they don't still associate themselves like that. Even yeah. though they're, it's so weird. It's so fascinating to me that it's uh, systematic racism. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's terrible. So segregation, we've talked about this racial injustice is all instilled in these black children. Like somehow they just understand that being black is inferior. And it's like, oh, this is so hard to research. It was yeah. so hard to research. I was like, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> because it's terrible. Because now you're looking at, she's looking at education. And, you know, when they go to these segregated schools, how that's <clears throat> going to impact your child negatively as well. Yeah. So it's so, it's so interesting, though, that this is so relevant now with the pushback that a lot of, public schools are getting for teaching um, critical race theory and stuff like that. When it's like, Mm -hmm. just look back, you know, a hundred years ago when she was doing this kind of research and the writing is on the fucking wall that it's there. Like we need to be thinking about how I get why people are like, we don't want to teach our children that we're all racist. And it's like, yeah, I totally get that. But historically, it was (laughs) like you and if you have to read history it was a little bit i mean isabella castile we always talk about her we always somehow bring her up in everything i'm sure she loves that that's her legacy is like powerful queen but boy howdy was she racist oh my gosh but we need to we need to make that a tagline of like a book about her like powerful spanish queen and then like the subscripts like boy howdy was she racist (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) let's reel it in boy howdy (laughs) so her biggest conclusion so mamie's not isabella of castile's boy howdy uh (laughs) Mamie's biggest conclusion that she was actually quoted as saying uh, that if society says it's better to be white, not only white people, but the Spanish word for black that I refuse to use, uh, black people come to believe it. And a child may try to escape the trap of inferiority by denying the fact of his own race. Interesting. So she's saying that society says that it's better to be white. But and so maybe these it, kids are like, I can manifest it. No, but the black parents have believed it, believe that white yeah. people are better. So they in inadvertently train their children that white people are better. And the child just automatically knows that. Yeah. So 
it's like early childhood development sort of right, stuff that she's right. where like she's talking we're talking one to three years old because she's researching three years old so yeah. that means she's researching their first three years of their life yeah so, it's a lot like so oh it just oh love her so she interviewed over 300 children for this you know famous court case that she did and <clears throat> They only, there was another study that they did where they did um, drawings of different animals and drawings of humans or little kids again. And if um, a child at three to five years old, again, we're still researching that age, they asked the child, which picture describes yourself? And the three-year-olds would always choose an animal. And I love this because that's like (laughs) the heart. That's the heart of a (laughs) three-year-old. That's the heart of a a a lion. lion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we both look at us. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to be either that or horse, if you were going to choose to be an animal at three, oh, I was a panda. You panda, were a panda? Panda. panda. I was a panda. <laughs> I had a panda since two years old. That's my favorite. <clears throat> I always love pandas. <laughs> so after three years old, whenever they were about four years old, a kid would choose that they were a person. So it okay. seems around three years old to four years old, they start to understand they're a human being. So they're a person, not an animal. Okay. So it's super duper interesting about all of these different studies that she did. Not her husband. I feel yeah. like these are all her ideas. Maybe also, uh, she didn't just do the North side, uh, project that she did. She did the Harlem youth opportunities unlimited project, which is a mouthful. That is a, that's a lot of words. <laughs> so I know it's supposed to read as har you. So H A R Y O U is the acronym, but to me, it just likes Harry you. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, uh, but I'm just going to call it. Hear you, and I'm going to try not to say hear you. you. Right. <laughs> so she found this in 1962. So this is well after all of the court cases have gone on. Um, and this project helped provide supplemental education to poor students falling behind in school. So if they were, you know, getting D's and F's, you know, she would step in and help out. Yeah. Also gave job opportunities to young black youth. Um, helped Harlem residents work on how to get assistance from the government to make sure that they can eat (laughs) right, (laughs) (laughs) and read and write like, you know, those basic things of how to go somewhere to get what you need to get. Uh, Right. It's so like, eye-opening like why don't they teach this in why school? don't they <laughs> i just don't see that there's any harm unless you're unless you're completely unwilling to learn that maybe your ancestors weren't perfect we don't have to shove racism down kids throats but maybe just like hard-hitting facts like the these studies i yep. think could only make the children more critical thinkers right but, you know but i'm a hippie that, socialist. That, but isn't that what education's about is making your child a critical thinker and thinking right. on their own and educating themselves and coming right. to their own conclusions yes oh, oh. <laughs> but no we want to make the babies racist and the frogs gay anyway <laughs> <laughs> so are you included in lyndon b johnson's war on poverty so huh. he ended up including that in his bills as you yeah. know, part of his war on poverty and it was short-lived though because they had like a quote-unquote political conflict of interest oh uh. so, like there's some house of cards shit going on there yeah um <laughs> just kidding there's not <laughs> there's not there might um, be you don't know 
<laughs> you don't know about you don't know. <laughs> but Mamie didn't let that get her down. She ended up doing a lot of extra work with her community. Um, she served as chairman for her housing company in NYC. She also served on the board of ABC, like ABC. the American Broadcasting Company. Like oh, that one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, she look at, also look at her. just just. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Uh, she was also on the committees for the Museum of Modern Art in New York, uh, the New York Public Library, and a number of other community outreach programs. But unfortunately, after 45 years of marriage to her beloved husband, Kenneth, she passed away due to cancer on August 11th of 1983. So how old was she? She was 66 at the time. Okay, okay. Cut, cut down a little shorter than I would have liked to seen, but... I wow. know her husband. Her husband lived on to like 2005. He was like 91, I think. Maybe that's why he has more shit on him. But she still was like the inspiration behind what? all of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, like, super inspiring life. Like, man, what? I'm just a little bit flabbergasted. Just like how, like, just the doll experiment that is so simple, but like, just proves so much. And from the mouths of babes, you know. Yeah, like just the fact that she thought of that idea, like she understood a child's brain and like she, her husband was more of a justice psychologist yeah. and she was more interested in the child psychology of it all and like how that child is developing and that's really where her legacy is is in the fact that she pushed her and her husband to do this research that ended the brown versus the board education and ended segregation <sighs> like huge that she was just had this idea yeah. to do this and yeah. brilliant 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 that is Love i her. i am obsessed this is so cool this is such a cool story nathan i've never heard of her I know, that's the other point. <laughs> it's like, damn it, why haven't we heard of this Why shit? haven't we heard of her? Why didn't we learn about this in school? Like, or even college, you know? That's uh, obsessed. Thank you so much for sharing that story. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah. So, hope you liked it, and let's raise a glass to Mamie. 